one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Last Drinks podcast. A new conversation about how to navigate an awesome life without alcohol, reframing the cultural norms around alcohol in our lives, and hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. Let me tell you about Danielle Rigsmith. We met 20 years ago at the very early stages of our media careers, and we met at one radio station and our careers went in completely different ways. For the right reasons, I wanted to be on air and Danny wanted to dominate in the corporate world. And she has totally done that. She has created campaigns for some of the biggest brands on the planet. She's worked across global startups, media agencies, and has led two teams to win Sales Team of the Year awards. This woman is a total powerhouse. And her current role is the industry lead sales manager at TikTok. Yes, the biggest social media platform on the planet. And the thing I like about her the most, she's three and a half years sober. So Danny and I are reconnecting today on the podcast. We have a lot of unpacking to do about sobriety, but also a pretty good gal pal catch up. Please enjoy Last Drinks with corporate powerhouse, Danielle Rigsmith. Last drink, gosh, that was three and a half years ago. So proud That's of you. Long, I know, a long time. And I love that we've connected on this because far out, it's a journey, isn't it? Like, it's such so, a journey. Yeah. But what is, what I'm loving, Danny, is like I'm reconnecting with people in sobriety that I normally would have partied with like 10 years ago. And 100%. I'm getting to know the real people. Like the people who I actually genuinely care about and love hanging out with because there's real connection when you're not boozing together. Absolutely. I think, you know, we've been, we were exposed. I know we'll get into the the depths of this, which is why it's so great to chat with you, but we were exposed to so much in the industry we work in at such a young age that it almost became part of the behavior. That's how you grew up. And it was, and it was accepted to go for a a lunch on a Monday and have a a couple of glasses of wine. That was standard and almost frowned upon if you didn't. And so we grew up in an industry like that. Yeah. It was, and and I used to joke um, when, and I mean, before being sort of in radio permanently Mm. on air, I was doing MTV stuff and we used to joke that the pay was terrible at MTV, but the booze was free. And so it was this idea of like, alcohol became a currency and a reward for good work. And so if you got invited into the VIP lounge and the champagne was flowing, somehow you were doing all the right things and that's the behaviour was rewarded with booze, which now you just go, what are we doing? (laughs) 
it's mind blowing to think back to it because I think through all those survey parties, right? And they still happen, which is amazing, right? So it's a celebration and I would never take that away. And there's some really great memories, but I think back to that and I go, it would be 10.30, right? You get those radio results, 10.30 in the morning. In and the morning, like, to clarify, this is 10.30 a.m. <laughs> in the morning and you'd all huddle around in reception, wherever it was you're working. And if it was a great result, it was, right, let's just start celebrating now. And it was almost, it was it was a, well, it's hardly likely that you'll go back to the office for the rest of the day because it was a great result. And that happened eight times a year. And that, yeah. was, that was a standard process that happened on a Tuesday at 10.30 in the morning. And so it is built into the, into our upbringing in the industry. And I think that's probably where, you know, potentially people in media can lean into this particular podcast session today because they'll recognize the behavior and how it's, you know, extended across the years and it can lead to you feeling pretty, pretty bad, right? Like if it becomes a behavior. I think it's shifting probably because you know, media companies don't have any money anymore to spend (laughs) on endless amounts of booze. But for me, like, I remember we sort of, you know, like cut our teeth in an era where you worked at a cool media company and every cool media company had a name for the bar. Like at one particular media company I worked in, we had Polly the Drinks Trolley and Polly would come around. Our general manager would wheel around a drinks trolley and hand out booze at four o'clock on a Friday. Like And do you know, I remember doing that. I was in charge of Polly the the Grog Trolley at one point, but I remember helping myself to a few drinks along the way. So it was almost like I'd go past finance and go, all right, I'll have a little drink with you all. But then it got to the point where I took a corner a little incorrectly and and Polly (laughs) fell. Oh, no. Polly fell over. So it was not okay. The grog trolley fell and uh, glasses smashed everywhere. But that was standard, right? And we used to get yeah. alcohol delivered when uh, clients would do sampling or giveaways and all that kind of stuff. So it just became part of upbringing in the industry, I think. And, you know, that almost got to the point where, you know, you, your life progresses. And I've been in the industry for 20 years now, which is absolutely insane. I mean, clearly I don't look at but you know. Um, I mean, I was going to yeah. say three years max. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh, the lines, the hair, it's going grey. But, you know, it got to the point where I had children. So I have a six and eight-year-old now. And, you know, my husband wow. loves what? Yeah. I know. Do you remember, Jack, yes. when you came into the studio with you and Dan, Dan and you were um, on tiny air? Tiny little, yeah. tiny little tot, and he jumped up on the studio chair yes. and we all took a photo and it was, and he was like, he would have been not even a toddler. Not even a year old. Like, I know. So he's eight now. I know what mind blowing, but you know, interesting. So I, I know we'll talk about that as well, but the influence of the children seeing us um, so alert, so active, never hung over. I mean, all these things that they're going to remember from their childhood because we made a conscious decision um, to stop drinking. And it all actually came about uh, because my husband, um, he started to do an F45 challenge. And I know you you love the F45 challenges. Uh, but well, was... I'm F45's favourite daughter. so I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'm like this, you'll love this. But it was the 1st of February 2019. And yeah. we, he just was like, do you know what? I'm going to do this, this 28 day challenge because it was February yeah. and it involves no alcohol. And we used to sit on the front of our, um, at the front of our house in the sunshine on a Saturday afternoon 
and have a bottle of wine, like just enjoy two glasses each. Sometimes we'd go to two bottles because yeah. it was a Saturday and, you know, we had children, so we weren't going to be going out, you know, drinking and dinner and all that stuff like we used to with friends. So it was almost yeah. like this was our moment together. And it mm. became a little bit too often in the sense that we wouldn't drink heavily through the week. However, we'd love a Saturday afternoon, you know, and just love that yeah. moment together. And it got to the point where, yeah, we were like, let's just shift focus and let's do this challenge. And because he did this non-alcohol, I'm like, well, that's incredibly boring for me. Why on <laughs> earth would I, why would I want to sit and have a glass of wine by myself, by myself. you know? Well, that's yeah, what I used to do, FYI. This is the thing. Yeah, but I know a lot of people do. But for me, yeah. I was like the fun of drinking was was us together. Yeah. And it sure. was these moments of just mm. planning, right? Like we'd go into these, these. you'd have two glasses of wine, you'd go, okay, what do we want to do in life? And you'd yes. have these extreme visions, right? Like you'd go, okay, well, yeah. let's go and move to Canada. With oh my god I've done the move to Canada thing before yeah. oh my god so many times I'm like yes Vancouver we're coming for you yes absolutely and I used to live in Vancouver right so it was the, I lived there for three years I worked in radio there best time of my life right loved it but I, we'd have these grand visions and it was all fueled by alcohol because mm. you you get this buzz right you get this almost um sensory moment of we can do anything we're unstoppable yeah. and this is what we're going to do but then ultimately life hits and the next day you wake up and you go oh gosh like dry mouth like you, you can, I can still remember it right those moments mm. of having a dry mouth and going oh just don't feel so great and you have children that are wanting to get up and be active and and no no different to what we would have just experienced mm. and you know everyone tolerates alcohol differently and for me you know, having three glasses of white, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't feel great the next morning. So it depends mm. on the level and the frequency and all of that. And I understand it, but yeah, this F45 challenge and first of February, 2019 changed our lives in, in so many ways. Wow. Mm. So when you're, so when your husband says this to you, it's like, I'm doing the challenge, I'm signing up, I'm not drinking alcohol for the month. And you're like, oh, thanks. Awesome. Totally. Do you, did you plan in your head, like, how do I survive 28 days without our Saturday afternoon tipples together? Yeah, I, I didn't recognise it before because I felt like this was life, yeah. you know, and as I, as I mentioned before, like grew up in an industry where, you know, drinking was very acceptable from a from an early phase, you know, whether, whether you were entry level into the industry or whether you were a senior manager, it was considered part of your life essentially. So, you know, I didn't realise how dependent necessarily I was on the fun moments being fueled by alcohol. So taking that away, I had to almost reinvent the fun moments. And that to me was... Um, was a moment in time right and and we talk about this thing at my work where it's like a moment becomes a movement and that's almost what my life has become yeah so that's what my life without alcohol has become it's become a movement and this movement has been the most exciting time of my life because you know i'm able to sit there i'm able to go to events i'm able to enjoy life drinking a Sprite, drinking a, you know, a Coke Zero. And I do. And that's essentially what I um, had to turn to, to, to almost coach myself through what an event could look like without alcohol. I just love that. The, again, this is such a unique story because 
I think there are a lot of people that question their relationship with alcohol. They go through the sober curiosity motions, you know, and they might take some time off and then reframe. But yes. for you, it, it kind of snuck up on you. And then in the midst of having a month off and and when you were in sobriety, you were like, maybe that wasn't working for me, even though it sounds like it didn't really feel like there was no rock bottom, there was no high-functioning fallout. You were just <laughs> and doing I, life. I understand that and it's really interesting, right? I had two phases in my life prior to that where I was, you know, I was pregnant, right? So there was no alcohol whatsoever. So it's almost as though I was able to revert back to those moments of, um, you know, I, like I had to fake in those first three months because of the exposure to alcohol in the industry and and my job, I had to fake having a vodka um, with lime. And so I'd go to the bar at these events and I would go, can I have a short glass with water, um, put a lime in it with a short straw, please. And I would, or I would have to, because it was an expectation that you'd be there enjoying yourself. And if I didn't, that was a red flag, right? Why are you not having a drink? Oh, okay. And then I'd have to come up with some kind of rationale versus it being, I'm just going to cover this whole first 12 to 14 weeks by pretending that I'm drinking because that was to me an easier road to go down than to actually just say that I'd have a Coke Zero or something. So, you know, it's an interesting path that we have to choose, but sad as well. And I think, you know, that's something that has been really a message I want to share with people is, is, you know, when you choose not to drink as a female in our industry, please don't ask if people are pregnant. Please don't question them because, you know, it ultimately it has a real impact on the person that's choosing not to drink. We shouldn't have to rationalise. We shouldn't have to justify to anybody that we're choosing not to drink alcohol. And I think that was a real eye-opener for me and a wake-up call and almost sad in a way because, you know, we we unfortunately aren't able to have any more children due to some complications with my blood type after having Matilda. And so when I stopped drinking, that was after having Matilda, and, you know, there was this immediate assumption that I was pregnant. And I felt like each time I had to say, I'm not pregnant, we can't have any more children. It, it really, you know, dug deeper into my soul each time because it was out of my control, but yet I was choosing something in my control to make my life healthier and happier. And yet it kept creeping in because this assumption that a female is pregnant if they're not drinking. Yeah, that is... That is so crucial and I love that you have expressed that so clearly because this is part of the narrative and this is why it's so hard to stop drinking because when you're not drinking, everyone assumes that something's wrong, right, or that there's like some huge big thing going on and that's so unfair because what I want for my kid is to be in a society where not drinking is normal and not drinking is okay. And there doesn't have to be this whole, like, I'm sure you got these questions like, oh, you stopped drinking. So what happened? Like, what was the catalyst? What was the fallout? You know, like how big, well, how big was your night? You know, and it's like, can't I just stop drinking alcohol and not have the Spanish Inquisition and everybody on my backside about why I'm not 
choosing to do something that everyone else seems to be in check with. And that was one of my biggest frustrations. And I, and I kind of, even though it's so confronting for you with your pregnancy journey and, and your future and your family, those things are so personal and so like heart stuff, you know, the fabric of our hearts is our family. And to have to even explain that to some schmuck at a bar or at a event is just so like, it does my head in. (laughs) And so I don't know how we turn the ship around. I don't know how we change the narrative unless it it just is going to be one of those Malcolm Gladwell tipping point things where it'll get to a point where so many people are not drinking Mm. that it'll be like, oh, so so why are you drinking? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like what's going on with you? Absolutely, Maz, and I love that because I almost see it as though we're the start of this evolution where, you know how smoking is so heavily frowned upon? I feel as though, you know, and my children know that, like they see someone with a cigarette, they will walk 10 metres around to avoid inhaling any form of secondary um, smoke. And, you know, I feel like this is our, our role right now you know, let's hope that as the years progress, we've had some influence. And I love that you're doing this podcast because I think it speaks volumes to you as a person and you influencing the community around you. And, you know, it's about us educating our children, but also if we can take 5% of this industry and and help influence a non-alcoholic vibe, then I'm down with it. And what's really interesting is that I'm quite vocal about um, you know, three and a half years of, of no alcohol and I'll post things on my social about it. And interestingly enough, people are reaching out, right? So people that I've worked with across the years, people that I currently work with, are like, what was your first step? How did you do it? How do you feel mm. since doing it? And that's what I love is because it's not that these aren't people that I've seen out getting completely smashed. These are people that you just see have a glass or two. And so they are recognizing and seeing the benefits and the health and happiness that comes from just choosing a seed lip, you know, choosing a non-alcoholic version of what you could have. Um, And it's really nice because it's expanding networks. But I also, I think it's just, it's the start of a movement. You still work in the industry. So there's this kind of concept of, well, if I'm going sober, I have to change everything about my life. But what I want to say to people is like, it's a slow process and things will change, but you don't have to make all of those decisions today. All you need to do is to decide, it's like become aware that maybe things could be a bit better for you if you weren't using alcohol so much. Give yourself a bit of a break and see what happens. And for you, you guys didn't set out with the intention of never, ever drinking again, ever, because it was ruining your life. You guys were like, let's do a 28-day challenge and see what goes. And three and a half years later, you recognize the knock-on benefits and the the win-win-win-win that sobriety gives you. But you can only experience that when you remove alcohol from your life. And you don't have to quit your job. You don't have to change your personality all you need to do is remove alcohol and then your true authentic self springs forward it does and and you know what's interesting as well Maz is that I stopped drinking what is it nine months before COVID hit and I had two children homeschooling and I started a new job and you know I had all these things that you typically or I typically would have gone oh my 
God, I, I need, need a, a glass drink. of wine. <laughs> Add some ice to that savvy bee, right? Like that's what I would have done. Yeah. But I, mm. you know, I took it day by day in that sense because, no, it wasn't an easy journey, but it's coaching your mind, it's coaching your hands, it's coaching your physical self to not reach for a glass um, of whatever was your favourite to get you through that. Because if there was ever a time in my life and I reflect on this and I go, if I got through COVID homeschooling two children, starting a new job, and with life essentially being in shutdown, I can get through any form of challenge. You're a like, miracle honestly. worker. So, uh, <laughs> no, but no, but I truly, I just feel like if that helps anyone understand mm. that they can do it, you can do it. And it does take mm. time and it takes coaching and it takes resilience. And you know what's great is that, yes, I still have, I still am in the industry, but I love it even more now because I recognize my true friends. I recognize wow. uh, the perks of the industry as well, like how lucky I am to get to experience what I experience. And, you know, I have a big event coming up on Friday and it doesn't even cross my mind that, I, that I'll be surrounded by people that will be, you know, you enter these events and there's waiters standing there with trays of alcohol. And it's like, do you know what would be great is if you stood there and had one person that had non-alcoholic yeah. with, you know, you've got so many options, beer, wine, spirits, everything yeah. these days that are non-alcoholic and the other side had alcohol. Yeah. Like let's try and bring that into the conversation at these events. But at the same time, I will happily have sparkling water. I'll happily have a ginger beer, whatever is on offer to me. Mm. Um, I, I will take that option. But, yeah. you know, you also mentioned one thing, Mads, around your true authentic self. And I had this really lovely moment. Saturday was my um, niece's 21st birthday, right? So <laughs> there was the typical, uh, you know, you turn 21, let's drink down, 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 mm -hmm. down, right? So that was, that was that moment. And, you know, my sister texted me afterwards, my elder sister, and she said, thank you for being so fun, bringing so much energy and just being yourself. And yeah. it felt really nice because... It was this moment where it wasn't messy. It was just a really fun party and I was still able to be me and, and bring that youthful energy that I love so much about being in those kind of spaces. And to hear that from my sister, it was just almost this moment of, oh, like this is nice, you know, like okay. you're doing something right. Yeah, I love that. And I'll go you one step further. Like I'm, I'm hanging for the day that I walk into an event and there's just no alcohol. Because yeah. we actually don't need it. If that if that was the norm, right? If the if the norm was we have these events or these parties or these showcases or whatever, and 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 everyone gets there and the bar is dry and it's just your seed lips and your non alks and your lemon lime and bitters. If that was the norm, it would be so interesting then to walk into a bar that was stocked with booze and just see the difference in the fallout from the next day or the behaviour yeah. on the night of or the recollection of event. And I I want to get to a place where that is the norm. I want to get to the place like this is what I want for my son. I want my son to get to 18 and it not be about, oh, now I'm legally allowed to drink because it's not even yeah. on the radar. Like that's what I want. I just don't even want it because it's a drug, it's a substance and it is so easy to abuse and it there are zero benefits and I don't want anyone that I know love or care about to be tapping into something with zero benefits and you know I I just it just rings so true with me Maz because as a parent as well 
my biggest fear is these nights out. And I think back to like, God, you know, we did so many crazy things, but we've made it, right? Survived. But we can help change that. Yeah, like survived. Yeah. But we can help change that because I love that you say it's a drug and I don't think it's referred to enough as a drug. If that if that language started to shift, mm. then there'd be more fear around it. And I think parents would start to potentially have more challenging, more open conversations with their children about the fact it's a drug because it does enhance your mood. It enhances your body physically and mentally. So, you know, I think about Jack and Matilda and they know that we don't drink alcohol. They're very aware of yeah. it. And so, you know, they'll, we, we might go to a hotel. We went back to the UK and Paris recently. And, you know, there were, there was a wine, there was a minibar, right. And had drinks in it. And they're like, Oh, is that a beer? We're like, yeah, that's a beer. We just don't have those. That's cool. We'll swap it out. We put those in the cupboard and we went and bought some soft drinks and filled the fridge with those. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're changing behavior from a young age, but I, I couldn't love the idea more of a sober event, an in, a sober industry event. Like how good would that be? How good would that be? I'm, I'm in like, and I'm, I'm up for mini bars not being filled with alcohol and, and all of these little things. Cause mm. it is, it is all around us at all times. And, and one of the biggest things that annoys me is going, if you go to a sporting event and it's sponsored by an alcohol brand and I'm like, oh, this is insane. Mm. And I think it does come yeah. down to like, yes, education, but as parents, like our kids model our behavior, monkey see, monkey do, the apple doesn't fall far from mm-hmm. the tree. And so if we're modeling that sobriety is normal, that being sober and not drinking alcohol is the the gateway to your best self, then our kids are going to run forward with that baton and they'll be the ones hosting the sober events. And that's what this whole (laughs) thing is about because I think our generation, Danny, I think they're a lost cause and people are coming to sobriety, but, you know, it it isn't thick and fast just yet because everyone's scared to let go of this thing. But I know I have a real big hope and a big heart for the future and for our kids that they will exist in this world where they go, where they call alcohol out for what it is. It's a drug. It has zero benefits. It increases mm. cancer in the body and it stops your brain from working. Like, yeah, no, I mean, why, you've nailed like it. put that on a bottle and then try yeah. and sell that in a shop. <laughs> Absolutely. Put the pool, do what they do with cigarettes, right? Put half a toe and, you know, say that's the result of you continuing to smoke. Yeah. Let's show what it does to your liver um, on an actual bottle of alcohol and make that a government mandated process. I mean, there's so many changes that still need to happen. But what I would say is that, you know, I, since over the, I'd say the last two years particularly, when I'm at an event, whether I'm at a lunch with clients, whatever it may be, and I say, I don't drink alcohol, the response has shifted from mm. three and a half years ago. So if you look at the trajectory of change yeah. and if you look at the fact that it's becoming more and more acceptable, yeah. uh, there are bars that are dedicated, you know, in Melbourne there's a dedicated um, booze-free bar. You've got so many options now. The shift in mentality is happening. It's just a, it's a slower process than we think, you know, and people are responding now saying, that's amazing. Good for you. Yeah. You know, there's not this stigma attached to it as much as there was even three and a half years ago. And what I will say as well is that I work for a platform that bans alcohol advertising. I love that. You know, and that's beautiful. Amen. Yes, it's incredible. Yeah. 
So there so who is your like user? Well, it primarily, I mean, you need to be 14 to access the platform. Yeah, so in, teenagers. In being exposed to it. So teenagers right through. So we're Gen Z and millennial focused. Um, so really, this is this is the generation of change. I love this. And these are our change makers, right? Yeah. So we have a really strong policy in place where no alcohol, no gambling, none of that is allowed on platform. And it's beautiful because, you know, these are the, these are the youth and the people that are going to change this particular focus of health and we have never allowed any form of advertising in that category on platform globally yeah and it takes someone like you as a decision maker to make sure that that is the thing that is enforced and so as much as like the youth are going to change it like it's people like you in positions like this that are the trailblazers that are laying down the path for them to follow so like there is credit due to you a hundred percent for having this life-changing situation happen for you and then bringing that into the workplace and aligning your values with the company values and keeping that front of mind that's really remarkable yeah I mean it's pretty look there's a whole team there's a global team that have been um you know the the change makers in this space and I think that it's recognized around the world that alcohol plays such a critical role in the destruction of of youth and and as you said um it becomes a behavior so I think the fact that TikTok as a brand globally I mean there's you know over a billion users every single month globally so if we can eliminate exposure to a drug as you say um, then we're on the right path I love this so much I love it (laughs) I just love it and I had you know we've we've I feel like we've circumnavigated each other a few times in in media like we've ended up at the same company Um, and I, what I, I love this the most, I love this conversation the most. I love this season of life the most. I love these epiphanies the most because they've come from a genuine place of sobriety where you and I are showing up as our best selves and, and putting on, you know, putting on this armor of sobriety and heading out into the big, bad world of media. And we're trying to change it from the inside out, from the top down. And that's such a cool thing to be aligned with you on. Absolutely, Maz. And look, hats off to you, honestly. Like I've followed your career. As I said, you know, we have worked together and we've had so much fun, but just showing up in this capacity is beautiful. And having this reconnection with you is so lovely to be able to chat and, like you said, be our whole selves and not, you know, be reliant on something that's going to essentially um, change our characters. Like this is us. And you've always been this incredibly bubbly, energetic, authentic person to me, but even more so now. And it's so beautiful to witness. Mm. And I'm just, I'm, I'm honored that we get to have this conversation and thank you for, you know, giving me a platform to share my experience as well, because it has been a journey. And as we said, it's not, it's not easy to begin with, but coach your mind, coach your brain, coach your hands, what to do in the scenarios, put a glass of water in there and um, look, your skin benefits too. (laughs) You're so glowy. You've got this beautiful, like glow. It's just amazing. So, yeah, so I mean, I just I really love what you're doing, Maz, and thanks for sharing your experience with everyone and and having this platform for people to be able to um lean into. Thanks, babe. Because it's so important and, you know, like I said, if we can just make a moment a movement 
And that is how you can make a change in your life. I love that. And I think the real hero of this story is your husband. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I mean, he's just going to love this, isn't he? But, <laughs> but truly, truly it was his it idea, is, right? It was his idea. And do you know, he has not missed. He runs at least 10K every day. Wow. He has not missed it. He has not missed exercising for two and a half years. So he, every single day. I mean, he's just a machine. But this, if you think that, no chance that would have happened. Yeah you know, a few years ago. So, yes, he is a true hero. I love him to bits. I'm very grateful for him. So am I. <laughs> and, I'm grateful um, for your husband. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, his name is Dan as well. So it's Dan You're and Dan. You're a Dan and Dan. <laughs> it's one of the great radio phoners that I wish you could have called through for. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Last Drinks Podcast. If you love this podcast, then subscribe. For more inspiration and to reach out, you can follow us on Instagram at Last Drinks Pod. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.